From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature, real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Megan Fury. This time, my childhood dreams come true as I talk to a real-life mermaid. And then I got in the water and everyone went quiet. And that's why I know Mermagic is real. Emma Harper grew up in a landlocked part of England, about an hour's drive from the sea. But she always loved the water. I was a little bit like the baby off, you know, the Nirvana album. I just would float underwater quite happily with my eyes fully open. And I was that child that would be in the bath just looking up at my mum from underneath. Emma's love of the ocean followed her into adulthood. Even to the point that when I went to university in Edinburgh and I would do um, event management jobs and PR and try to do normal jobs. But I remember getting in trouble on one campaign. I was late. And they wanted to know why I was late and why I was so wet. And um, I'd gone, I'd just gone for a dip going for a swim, got completely distracted. She eventually got married and had three boys. But Emma knew something was missing. She needed to be near the ocean. I go to bed at night and I dream of the sea. I just dream of water and I hear water. The sound of water just calms me. So she and her family moved to Cornwall. It's in the southwest part of England. Emma is now minutes from the ocean, and that works out well, because Emma is a mermaid. When you become a mermaid, you really can fly. I purchased a monofin and would disappear in whatever body of water I could and pretend to be a mermaid. We all secretly want to be lost as a creature that's so connected to the earth that it's part of it. It's total fantasy, mythology, sort of escapism, and I fully admit that. It's completely and utterly surrendering yourself to your environment and to your basic animal instincts of your body. It's the peace. Even the light is diffused by the water. And then you see a skull of fish just shooting through like sparkles. And I'll sometimes go down and just wedge myself in between rocks and just sit there. And the stiller I am, the more things come and say hello. Then I fly. And I will flip and I will spin. Emma calls herself Mischief the Mermaid. And while it can seem like all fun and games under the water, being a mermaid requires a lot of skill. Emma spends six hours a week doing rigorous cardio to keep herself in shape. And she's an experienced freediver. She can dive to depths of 65 feet and hold her breath 
for up to four minutes. The Cornish coastline is stunning. White sandy beaches surrounded by towering rugged cliffs. It's a popular place for surfing and extreme sports. But it can be harsh and unpredictable. Winds from the Atlantic Ocean can be fierce and riptides are common. Emma is very safety conscious when she swims, and for good reason. There's one beach called Meanport. It's generally regarded as a really safe, really good swimming beach. But when it's at low tide and when the sea is up and there's an easterly wind, boy, it gets a battering and it's got one heck of a rip. And I'd gone out with my friend Tracy in her new mermaid tail that she'd not actually worn before. It's when you need to appreciate that buying the right tail for the right environment is so vital. And she did not have the right tail. The wind picked up. We started getting pulled into this rip. And I remember just thinking, this is going to look really bad for mermaids everywhere. (laughs) But luckily, I know how to swim out of rips. That's part of my training. I was able to tow Tracy Blesser to the side of the rip and get out of it. It's terrifying how quick conditions can change here. Cornish seas are insane. And one minute they can be flat as a pancake and stunning. And the next minute you're in a Turner painting. Do you know what I mean? And the power and the waves. I mean, this is why our coastlines are so amazing and striking and stunning. But it's because they've been battered. (laughs) They've been absolutely wildly winded and waved. As you might imagine... Emma gets a lot of attention every time she dons her tail and goes out for a swim. And a lot of it is positive, but not all. Emma says she gets a lot of criticism from people who think she's wasting her time and lying to children. It does make me a bit sad when people really want to say, well, mermaids aren't real and you're not real, you're a fake. And I'm like, well, my happiness is real. And the smiles on the children's faces are real. Oh, no, no, there's no such thing. It's just myths. And you're not really a mermaid. You're just a a middle-aged mum with three kids that wears a costume. And I get that all the time. And then I'm like, all right, well, come in the sea with me. Come, Come watch me in the sea. And I go into the waves. And if you can imagine entering like a slug, not like I can walk. I'm literally going in like a seal. And then I got in the water. And everyone went quiet. And that's why I know mer magic is real. And I love it. I'm getting older and I'm not going to be able to do it forever. But I definitely feel that when I go for my big sleep, I will have no regrets and be really happy to think that there are hundreds and hundreds of mermaids swimming all over the world. Emma also does underwater modeling, sometimes in her mermaid fins and sometimes in these beautiful flowing gowns. The pictures are gorgeous and ethereal. But Emma says they take a lot of work, 
And they can be dangerous at times, even for a trained professional like herself. On one particular shoot, Emma was in Mexico. The water was crystal clear. Emma was captivated by it and lost herself in it. Never experienced water clarity that clear in my life. So I'm in a full evening gown doing underwater ballet. Sank all the way to the bottom, looking up with no air in my lungs, in a dress. Emma was deep beneath the surface and running out of air. But it's dangerous to ascend too quickly. Bubbles can form in the blood, which can cause excruciating pain, paralysis, and sometimes even death. It's commonly referred to as the bends. But she was also running out of air and in danger of drowning. There is that element of terror. This could go wrong. I might not get home. And I remember thinking, if I panic and I start moving frantically, then I will pass out and I won't get to the top. I had to have a moment of sort of calm. And I remember thinking, you're a mermaid, mate. Just chill out and just really slowly work your way up. And that's what I did, because obviously I didn't have any fins on. So I just very slowly did the sort of dolphin kick towards the surface, which was so far away. <laughs> I remember thinking, it's so clear, I can't tell where it is. But luckily, the warmth of the sun hit the top of my head. And I realised I was at the surface. So I tilted my head back and took a very slow breath in. Emma wasn't alone on that trip. She had a team of people taking photos from above on a boat, but none of them knew what had happened. They all, I think to this day, I think they all thought I was, that was fine. That was just what I did. But in actual fact, I'd had my own little existential crisis. <laughs> Dangers aside, the sea is Emma's happy place. One of her favorite parts is all the marine life she encounters. The Cornish Sea is home to fish and seahorses, dolphins, whales. Emma's even swam with the beautiful blue shark, an experience she calls magical. But the animal encounter that stands out the most? Seals. In Cornwall, we have a fantastic population of seals. So I was having one of my training swims here with my friend Tracy, who I call a seal magnet, because whenever she's there, the seals come. And felt these whiskers tickling my toes. The whiskers progressed to little nibbles of my toes. So obviously this is making me squeak. 
And as I was looking down through my goggles, this little face appeared in front of me. Real little puppy face. And I thought, oh dear, you know, this is not good. You should be going and getting food. Where's your mum? Oh. So I, I started sort of trying to swim away. But I kept getting nipped. I couldn't get away from them. And I didn't realise I said them because I thought it was one, but it ended up being two little seal pups playing with me like they probably would do it with them with their mum but they were that age where their mum will have left them now, which is a little bit hard to take. Because you're like, no, go and find fish. I can't be your mum. What I hadn't realised is that the swell had built up and my friend Tracy completely lost sight of me. So she phoned the Coast Guard straight away. But then did spot me appearing and I'm like, help me, Tracy, I can't lose these seals. Even when I came out the water, they followed me out the water. She's got a video of me literally, like, absolutely worn out because there was so much swimming trying to get away from them. But, yeah, the case girl was fine. We phoned them back and said, all is well. She was just being chased by seals. Riptides, seals, the bends, it's all just part of being a mermaid. And Emma wouldn't trade it for anything. In fact, she wants to inspire as many people as possible to give it a try. She'll sometimes do meet and greets on the beach, allowing anyone to come and chat with her about mermaiding. People travelled sort of four or five miles, drove to stand and queue on a beach just to come and say hello, and that blew my mind. It's just the commitment that people have to the mermagic it's okay sometimes to put adulting to one side and enjoy it. So I have 50-year-old ladies coming down and visiting me from Wales, running down the harbour, saying, I've come all the way from Wales, Miss Chief. And I'm like, wow. And then you've got little ones who I've sort of grown up with from when they were little babies that were put on my tail. And, you know, now they're starting school or they've, you know, they're sending me stories that they've written about me. I'm quite happy to think of myself as that little old 80-year-old lady with sort of grey hair, sat on a rock, saying hello to all the little ones that she's met that aren't so little anymore. (laughs) It would be lovely. Emma gets so much joy from the sea, and it's important to her to give back. She wants the sea to remain beautiful. I've been known to get my diver's knife out quite often and sort of cut quite a few things free and We drag up a lot of old netting. It's not done on purpose necessarily, but it does become detached from their owners and then they're left just trapping marine life. Ocean conservation is one of Emma's passions. She's been caught on fish hooks, tangled in fishing lines, and even caught in a net. It was set up for a film. They just wanted this video and this image of a mermaid being caught. It was in between two boats and I was under the net. And they were looking down. But obviously it's in Cornish water so it moves and intertwines and it wraps around you and things. I felt safe. But seeing it from a perspective of sort of a 
trapped creature was pretty grim. Emma doesn't necessarily consider herself an activist, but she wants to raise awareness. Pollution alerts have been on the rise at many of Cornwall's most popular beaches, and it's due to sewage allegedly being released into the water. The truth of it is that there's lots of people in positions of power that know what damage is being done, but due to financial implications, are doing nothing about it. It's just old-fashioned fairy tale, good guys, bad guys. So this is why, for me, the mermagic mermaiding is necessary, because it packages some home truths and realities that everybody needs to learn about in a way of happiness and hope. You get to tell stories and create your own little folklores that help children of the next generation learn about why it's so important to listen to the sea. We need to acknowledge what it needs us to do to help it. I mean, the end result ideally would be is that we have the next generation is inspired by visuals, by stories, and learning about conservation and learning about why it's so vital that we um, spread the news and, and speak for our oceans. You know, we can't really put on mermaid tails and, and not know what we're on about when it comes to saving the seas. It's all linked again, isn't it? It's that big black hole whirlpool of it all coming together. Emma is so passionate when she talks about the ocean and mermaiding. It's infectious. As she was talking, I was also scrolling through her Instagram feed. The photos are beautiful. But one really stood out to me. In it, Emma is wearing a white top and this gorgeous yellow ball gown skirt. She's floating in the sea, and the fabric is flowing around her. A school of black fish is swimming past, and the light makes everything look like a painting. It's magical. And I just was floating completely weightless in space. The water was really clear. sun was rising, so the light was, oh, it was just gold all around me. I just remember thinking, this is like being in a dream. I'm like actually living a dream. In that moment, it was like, yeah, I'm a mermaid. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely a mermaid. I was still thinking about Emma long after our interview was over. I went back and looked at her pictures a lot, just marveling at how serene they were. And I thought a lot about mermaids. I grew up near the ocean, but I've never donned a tail. Yet the more I thought about it, the more I remembered just how much I loved mermaids growing up. Every time I was in a pool or in the sea, I would swim with my legs together, propelling myself through the water like Madison from the movie Splash. 
And I know I wasn't the only kid to break the surface of a pool by dramatically flipping my hair like Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Legends of mermaids and mermen have captured the human imagination for thousands of years and span the globe. They're often harbingers of misfortune and death, luring sailors to a watery grave. But many cultures see them as symbols of beauty, wisdom, and health. They've been known to help people in distress and even heal the wounded. The ocean is so vast and mysterious. It's estimated that less than 10% has been mapped and explored. Who knows what species have yet to be discovered? I don't know if mermaids are real. What I do know is watching videos of Emma swimming in the sea in her gorgeous gowns and glimmering tails is as real as it comes. It's where she belongs, and I told her that. Maybe there's some little mermaid magic scales that snuck in somewhere. So I think, dare I say it, I think I really do believe in merfolk, you know. First time I've said that. Our storyteller today was Emma Harper. If you're ever in Cornwall, head down to the coast. You may just spot Emma diving in and out of the waves. This is the final episode of our season, but don't worry. Another one is coming your way real soon. In the meantime, keep a lookout for bonus content and make sure you're following us on social media. We're Human Nature Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. On Twitter, we're Human Nature Pod. That's human nature, one word, one N. I'm Megan Fury. This episode was produced by me, with help from Stephen Carroll. Our theme song is by Caught a Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media. It's human nature.